Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, you know, it is December, and I've been doing holiday-related shows, movies, TV specials, all that fun stuff. Well, today is no different. I am going to be covering a wonderful movie. It is called, it's um, a Hallmark movie. It's called A Dog Named Christmas. And this is based on the best-selling novel by Greg Kincaid. This movie came out 10 years ago. And I will read the synopsis for you. A developmentally challenged young man with a penchant for caring for animals in need sets out to convince his family and their whole rural community to participate in a local shelter's inaugural Adopt-A-Dog-For-Christmas program. Now, I think there might be things out there within the last five years or so that maybe they were inspired by this movie, by the book, to go out there and help shelter dogs find a place for Christmas, even if it's just for the holiday season, in hopes that maybe the families that take the the animals in will hopefully maybe add them to their family. So this movie has a 7.4 out of 10 rating on IMDb, based on 933 ratings. It stars Bruce Greenwood. This guy has been in a lot of, lot of stuff. Uh, Most notably, the Star Trek movie from 2009. And he's he's still working. He's on the show The Resident, which I have not seen. So he's currently working on that. He was in Doctor Sleep. Bruce Greenwood has had a very notable career. I'm pretty much going to go through... A couple of things here, most notable, recognizable stuff. I'd say probably my first exposure of Bruce Greenwood, I believe, would have been in the movie Double Jeopardy. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, the first movie I would have recognized or seen him in would have been Disturbing. Excuse me. Disturbing Behavior, which came out in 1998, which is kind of a teen version of the Stepford Wives, only instead of wives, it's actually teenagers. Double Jeopardy came out in 1999. Here on Earth, that's right, he played Lily Sobieski's father. That was such a good movie. Oh, I love that movie. Let's see. Oh, The Core. Yeah, from 2003, I remember that movie. It had Hilary Swank in it. Firehouse Dog from 2007. Eight Below. Yep, saw that one. Saw some of Firehouse Dog. Let's see what else here. 2009's A Dog Named Christmas, which is what I'll be reviewing today. Super 8. That was a good movie. I did like that. The soundtrack was phenomenal. Loved that soundtrack. And Star Trek, and pretty much that's, as far as stuff that, that's probably the last thing I saw him in, was the Star Trek movie. Another notable face who is more recognizable now in the television show Shameless is Noel Fisher. He plays... Mickey Malkovich, who, of course, the character's in a relationship with Ian Gallagher, kind of off and on. Um, I actually kind of dipped out of Shameless, the U.S. version, 
just before season five. I'm like, I got through season four. I'm like, ah, season five. And after that, I'm just like, I'm not into this anymore. The show just felt like it went way off the rails. All right, here's some trivia. The teleplay was based on a novel of the same name by author Greg Kincaid, who himself appeared at the end of the telecast on its original air date, along with, with his adopted dog, Rudy, to make a personal appeal for dog adoption. Bruce Greenwood wrote and sings the song My Best Friend over the closing credits. Aww. The TV movie Christmas with Tucker, which came out in 2013, tells the childhood story of the main character, George, portrayed by Bruce Greenwood in this movie. The song and the scene where George and Todd, spoiler alert, they take back Christmas, the dog, take him back to the local shelter because that's per their agreement that you can have him over the holidays, but per the rules, you do need to return him on the 26th, so the day after Christmas. And the song Angel by Sarah McLaughlin is playing. And a lot of you, if you've seen those ASPCA ads, you know Sarah McLaughlin is like their go-to for pulling at your heartstrings with those sad puppies and kitties just in those cages and just breaks your heart. Breaks my heart. Yeah, this movie, this movie was released on my mom's birthday, November 29th, uh, 2009. It's hard to believe that that was 10 years ago. 10 years have just flown by in the blink of an eye. So there is a notable difference for those of you that have read the book, like I have and seen the movie. In the book, Christmas is portrayed by a black lab, and the movie is portrayed by a yellow lab. Um, the continue, uh, Christmas with Tucker... Actually, the dog in the movie is a golden retriever, and the dog in the book looks like an Irish setter. Um, we have a continuation of the story, A Christmas Home, which came out... So, A Dog in Christmas was published in 2008, so a year later the movie would be made. A Christmas Home, which is a sequel to A Dog Named Christmas, came out two, year, two years later in... 2012. So I will read the synopsis for that. Todd McRae, hero of a dog named Christmas, is now 24 years old and working at a local animal shelter, where he meets and quickly becomes best friends with Laura, a young volunteer. Laura, like Todd, has disabilities of her own, but her struggles are more physical than developmental. Their friendship is sealed when Todd, with the help of his trusted companion, the tenacious Labrador retriever named Christmas, trains a beautiful dog named Gracie to help Laura with the day-to-day -day tasks that are difficult for her. Life seems good for Todd, but all is not well in his hometown. Struggling families, unable to make ends meet, are abandoning more and more dogs, and the shelter is swelling to capacity. The local government is struggling to meet its obligations, too, and in early December, on the cusp of another holiday season, Todd's boss delivers the bad news. Due to funding problems, the shelter will close its doors before the end of the year. But what will happen to all the animals? As the Christmas holiday approaches, Todd has limited time to find homes for all the dogs. Not to mention that he needs to secure a new job and figure out what to do when his friendship with Laura takes an unexpected romantic turn. All this seems overwhelming unless you've got a loving family, dedicated friends, and a couple of very special dogs behind you, in which case nothing is impossible. I will let you know at the end of A Christmas Home, spoiler alert, um, Todd 
starts training Christmas and he makes a video and he sends it to this companion website and they are so excited and impressed with what he's able to show them that Christmas can do. They offer him, it's like a training center, but it, I believe it's either in another state or in another city and he has to travel there. So he kind of is moving out of the home. It's got a, a nice live-in facility for him. You know, unfortunately, he does have to leave Christmas at home. Like, I can't take you with me, Christmas. You've got to stay here. And he's like, well, Christmas, you're going to take care of Dad, okay? You're going to be there for him like you've been there for me. And that's kind of how that ends. You know, Todd is getting his independence little by little. He has a romantic relationship that was first a friendship with Laura, has turned romantical. And, of course, we have, I believe, the end of this trilogy entitled Noel, which came out five years later in 2017. Now this book, honestly, I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. It just had like three different storylines. Basically, the book, the first book's told from first person. The second book seems like it's told from like, um, maybe second person maybe. But the third book is just, it just felt off somehow. It basically is told from the point of view of the mother, where I believe, yes, the first one was told by the father. This one does have different points of view. We have um, Marianne, you know, uh, Todd's mother, and she is having uh, to come up, she wants to be, you know, play Santa Claus. And the town is just a little like, no, Santa Claus is supposed to be a guy. And, it, and it's a small community and stuff, and they kind of raise awareness. Um, another point of view is from the... Um, uh, man, I can't remember his name, but... Um, yeah, I'm just going to read you the synopsis. <laughs> okay. In this installment of the poignant series of the McRae family and their lovable canines in rural Texas, matriarch Mary Ann McRae is determined to shake up Christmas by accepting the role as Crossing Trail's first woman Santa Claus. Mary Ann, always a bit of a rebel, is looking to offer a more progressive voice in this in the staunchy conservative town at Christmas time, and has a few ideas up her red velvet sleeves. But all isn't whimsy in town at the McRae's close friends of the Robinsons had decided to divorce during the holiday season, turning their young children, Keenan and Emily's lives upside down. And then there is Marianne and George McRae's son, Todd, who has moved back to town to be with his girlfriend and to start a new job at the city's animal shelter. Taken along with Todd is the incorrigible Ellie, or excuse me, Elle, an oddly shaped dervish of a dog that Todd stubbornly tries to train as a service dog. However, lovable Elle has a hard time staying out of trouble, and the refrain, no Elle, no Elle, is often heard throughout town. Lately, though, Todd feels like his life is headed down a troubled path. Although he is concerned that he has disappointed his parents and with some of his recent decisions, Todd feels the need to make his own choices and live life his way. The McCrays and the Robinsons are in need of a Christmas angel this year, but when you live in Crossing Trails, anything is possible. Um, if you do not plan to read the book, I'm going to spoil it. At the end, Todd ends up getting married, and he and his now wife are expecting a child. Although at the very, very end of the book, he says, well, 
her family does happen to have a history of having twins. And it's like, oh, okay. And the daughter ends up, Ellie, or Elle, ends up being named Noelle. And she ends up living with the Robinson family. So, yeah, it's just, everything's all buttoned up and nice. So, without further ado, let's jump into this wonderful, beautiful movie. Of course, one last thing. If you are a regular listener, or if you just started listening to the podcast, if you haven't yet, download the Apple Podcast app or podcast app to your phone and go search for either Punky Brewster or Wonder Years. The podcast should come up. And if you could write a review, you can use emojis, whatever you'd like. That way we can get some more reviews for the shows and that way you can get more noticed by other fans such as yourselves. All right. All right. When the movie opens up, we see a house, a brick house. It's nice and sunny out. We see a uh, older looking lab come out the door and we do get a narrator with this, or at least for the first part of the movie, it's just giving us a little bit of backstory on the dog and that, the Connor family, the dog had stayed with them for a little bit. He, they vaccinated him, fed him, fattened him up, got you know, gotten him all nice and clean up. And of course, now the dog is, he's kind of one of those dogs that is like, I'm good with you for a little bit, but in the back of his mind, it's like, I know this isn't my forever home. This isn't my true home. Or maybe he's kind of like, you know, as far as Tramp from Lady and the Tramp, who wasn't one to really settle down with any one family. Like, I'm not ready to commit to just one family yet. I haven't found the family. You can definitely tell the dog is elderly because it does have a white mask. So we do see the dog traveling a bit. We see him almost get hit by a big semi. We see a few boys throwing rocks at the dog, and the dog's just moseying on his way. So the dog has clearly got a mission in mind. He's not, he hasn't found the right place yet. But he does come into the woods, and we, this is where we meet Todd McRae. He's listening to probably CD player, Walkman, something or other. And, of course, he's not really listening to what's around him, but the dog sees. And immediately, immediately, we see that Todd is a kind, gentle animal lover. Just loves animals. He notices a gopher is kind of dragging his back leg. He's like, oh, Mr. Gopher, what happened to your leg? And Todd takes off his zip-up jacket, and just kind of wraps the gopher up, like, don't worry, I'll take you home and, you know, get you fixed up. And, of course, the dog is watching all of this, and I think he's something like, Todd is a very sweet boy who could definitely love a dog. Of course, the dog is not the only one who is watching Todd. We do see a cougar or a mountain lion because the dog starts to growl and then the camera flits over to where we see the mountain lion who just looks at Todd and then wanders off. Um, just so you know, that mountain lion is going to come back. So every once in a while, we are going to get a timestamp as far as the date. Right now we have December 12th. And the reason that they show you this is because of the program that's going to come up with the Adopt a Dog for Christmas program. 
So currently then there are 13 days left until Christmas. We see a paintbrush being dipped in like a sky blue and we see a hand moving across some wood. And the camera kind of pulls out and we see that there are other sheds on this property, Todd's home, that also have different colored paint from red to orange to now like the sky blue color. But they're only a certain height. I'd say no more than maybe six or seven feet tops. And the reason that is, is because at one point, Todd was on a ladder and he was trying to reach a place. He got, he stepped up to the, you know, the part of the ladder that they say, do not step here. And he fell and he broke his collarbone. So now his parents have restricted him, like, you can't use ladders anymore. So as high as your arm goes up, that's as high as you're going to be allowed to paint. So in the beginning, I mean, like I said, you know that Todd is um, mentally handicapped. And his father comes up behind him and just, oh, what, what are you painting? And, of course, Todd does say, yeah, but, you know, if I had a ladder, I could get all the way to the top. And his dad's like, no, we've talked about this, son. No, no ladders. You remember what happened last time? What happened last time? And, of course, Todd's like, yeah, last time I fell off the ladder and I broke my collarbone. He's like, yep, that's what happened. That's why you're not allowed to use letters anymore. So Todd lives on a farm. It's the McCray farm. And it's been in the family for generations since um, Todd's father, George, kind of took the farm over. And he tells Todd, I need you to help me with the gate. It needs to be fixed. And, of course... Todd's got to be happy because he gets to be in the truck and he gets to uh, help his dad out on the farm. So, yeah, we are getting a little bit of Todd's dad, uh, George's narration here. And he's just talking about how crossing trails, this little town's been around for quite a while. His dad, you know, his great-great-great-grandfather kind of set up shop and set up a farm and all that good stuff. I like the little, um, the barn mailbox. Although the fence around the little barn mailbox is kind of rusted. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got to hang up the McRae sign at the... I've seen farms like that. They have, like, the gate. And then they have, like, the name of the farm or the name of the family. I just... I think that's so cool. So George is telling us as we move to um, the... What looks like possibly the middle school. His wife, Mary Ann, is a music teacher. And he says that he and Marianne have been together since he shipped out for Vietnam. So probably, what, late 60s then? And Todd is actually the youngest child. I do believe they have at least a couple sons, maybe a daughter. I know they have a daughter. They might have two, but we'll get to that. All right, so they do have four kids. They have, they have two older sons and an older daughter. And Todd is the youngest. He's on the end. We got four grandkids. George explains to us, for those that probably don't know, that Todd may look like an average 20-year-old, but he sees things differently. And he has his own way of doing things. And we see Todd petting this adorable little calf. Aww. Todd's in the barn with his dad, and he's just kind of giving him tips like, oh, dad, don't forget we gotta deworm the calf. 
Also, Todd, you know how he helped that little gopher at the beginning of the movie. He also has a hawk that he's helping get their wing stronger. I guess they broke a wing. The hawk did and just nursed him back to help, feeding him. And that way, once he's strong enough, he is able to fly. So, yeah, Todd is not only an animal lover. He cares about wildlife and helping the injured wildlife heal and move on. Inside the house, Todd's on the phone, and he's talking to one of the professors at the university, getting some tips on his hawk and everything like that. Someone who probably works for either a nature preserve or something to that effect. I love, like, when he calls up to the, or, or is it ornithology department, the lady on the phone is so sweet with him. The professor, Dr. Stroud, is so sweet and understanding with him. I love, I love that. They answer his questions and all that good stuff. So, yeah, he gives an update on Jay to Dr. Stroud, just saying he's, he thinks his humerus is better, which I'm guessing has something to do with the wing. And that he's eating and flying around and everything. And Dr. Stroud's like, yeah, that's really great. But remember, you know, what we talked about, that once he does get well, that you are going to have to release him. And I know Todd has such an attachment to the animals that he cares for and stuff that, that that's got to be really, really difficult. So it looks like Marianne's come home and she's got, like, some groceries and stuff because, you know, they have their... their other children coming in for the holidays and you know the grandkids they got to stock up on stock up on food make big dinner <laughs> i love the joke that uh george makes with marianne like oh did you buy out the whole store she's like oh no almost but you know if i miss something i'll just send you back for it tomorrow <laughs> So Todd gets off the phone, it explains to his mom about how Dr. Strauss said, I have to let Jake go now that he's all better. And of course, George just kind of tosses in his, his two sons like, oh yeah, that's, you got to do that. You know, wouldn't do any good to keep him, you know, cooped up in that pen and everything. And Marion just kind of looks at him like, you didn't really need to say anything. Do you want to help Todd with the release? I can get the rest of the groceries. And they both, and you do kind of see it in the film, they both have different ways. I wouldn't say that Marianne babies Todd, but I know that she does kind of keep him close, whereas George is more under the impression, like, he wants to treat Todd like a young man, that he is fully capable of doing things, and that he should be able to, take responsibility for what he does and everything like that it's like it's just so much to try to make a man out of him it's just more like trying to make him responsible like he doesn't look at his son like he knows his son has a disability but he also wants his son to learn about responsibility and everything so they take um jay's transport cage they bring it outside and of course you know Todd is just being comforting like Jay it's okay you can do it and the way his dad's like you gotta let him go son and it's like he's saying goodbye let him say goodbye to Jay and Jay just takes off you know he flies in the air it's all good but of course this is hard for Todd you know he has such an attachment to the animals and then when he has to release them I mean he, he creates a bond with with them and stuff 
That's sad. And Todd is crying, which is understandable. And his dad kind of goes over, puts you know, his hands on his shoulders. Like, hey, buddy, you did really good, okay? You did great. I mean, in a way, I guess you could say he's being semi-supportive-ish, but it's more like... George McRae just seems like the type of just when something is done, it's done. There's no strings attached. There's no attachments. Just cut the cord and it's done and you move on. I think that's what he wants to. And But we learn later that there is a reason why George is a bit closed off from what I mean he loves his wife he loves his sons and daughter and grandkids but there's still a part of him that remains closed off to being able to you know with, with the animals and stuff you notice he treats them as animals whereas Todd sees them as, as friends and, and, and you know and even family and stuff like that he grows attached which I'm an animal lover too I mean I get that so it's after dinner, and of course, Marianne does remind Todd, like, I want you to clean your room. And he's like, okay, sure. And he's not looking at her, and she goes, and it's like, I get it where she's like, no, I need you to look at me and listen to what I'm telling you. I want you to clean your room. I know you don't like it, but at least, you know, put away your clothes, line up your shoes. And she does this a lot, as in, like, he's just kind of looking off, like, okay, sure. And it's like, no, I, you need to stop and listen to what I'm saying and take, you know, take this in. You don't just, you know, shrug it off. So she's not so much baby. She is making sure that he understands. When I ask you to do something, I want it to be done. All right, so here is where... It, the story kind of takes off with this radio message about the Adopt a Dog for Christmas program or Bring Home a Dog for Christmas program. And, Todd, you know, they got the radio on and Todd and, and George and Marianne, they're all kind of clearing up after dinner and everything. And immediately it's like you hear Dog for Christmas. Todd is like there. He is like ears perked up. He is taking all of that information in. And immediately... When George hears that, he's like, oh, he knows, he knows what's going on in his son's head. Like, uh, mm, no, next, no, 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 no. Put that out of your head. That is not happening. But I want to play this clip because it does kind of set up the movie going forward. Shelter, pick out a dog to take. Yeah. 
for a purpose, and that purpose is to make a living. Mom has horses. Well, yeah. Which are for breeding. She sells the colts each year. Dad, the shelter wants us to have a dog for the holidays. It's just for a few days, so that the dogs aren't alone in their kennels for Christmas. You know, it's just, it's not that simple. They figure that when folks get the dog home, they're going <laughs> to bond with it, and somebody is going to beg to keep it. That would be you. And then somebody else is going to give in. Besides, we don't need any grounds around here. Most definitely not a dog. Oh boy, there's something there. It's a real winner. I get where Todd is coming from. I really, really do. When you hear something, your ears perk up, you hone in on that, and you can't think, focus on anything else but that information that you're taking in. And immediately, George shuts it down. Like, no, no, mm, no. We're not doing that. We raise animals here that have a purpose. We sell them. Todd's like, yeah, but mom has the horses. And George is like, yes, yeah, she does. But she has the colts that come and then she sells them each year. See, that's, we don't, we don't need a dog. We definitely don't need any more animals. We definitely do not need a dog around here. Of course, they you you guys know there's something there. What is it about him not wanting a dog? There's a backstory there, clearly. And I love how Todd is like, yeah, but it's a real winner though. It's a real winner, Dad. And, of course, George is like, yeah, you know what? They expect people to take the dog home, they bond with it, and then they end up keeping it. And, of course, the person that's going to be begging to keep the dog is going to be you, and your mother's going to be the one giving in. I am telling you no. So it looks like the, um, George and Marianne, well, actually, Marianne is coming to George with the adopt-a-dog thing after Todd has most likely gone to bed. So she is going to come at it from that angle. I love Mary. I love how she is going to bat for her son. You know, he's kind of preoccupied with the end of the year bills and everything. He really doesn't want to have this conversation with his wife. And he's like, we've talked about dogs before. We've talked about this. And she's like, well, no, not actually, because every time we bring up the word, I bring up, or Todd brings up the word dog, you always say no and end it. She asks him, like, why can't we bend on this? And basically, George does not want to treat Todd any differently than he has with his other kids. He's never bent with the other kids. He's never given in with them. And he doesn't want to start doing this with Todd. And I like what Marianne says as she defends Todd, saying, but they didn't need it the way that Todd does. Because, you know, they, they know that Todd is, is special in that way and that a dog could really, really benefit. But I think George's underlying issues with no dogs is really preventing him from saying yes. And also he wants to teach his son, like, I'm not going to give in to you. I'm just, I'm not going to treat you any different than I treat your other siblings. He's all like, I know you have a disability, but I'm not going to treat you like you have one. So George is really worried that, uh, you know, having this dog even for a week is going to upset Todd's daily routine. And of course, he's going to be heartbroken when the dog has to go back, which it will. 
And he just doesn't want that for Todd. And in her, in Todd's defense, in a way, Marianne does say, well, he's raised 4-H animals and given them, you know, sold them and stuff like that. And George is like, well, no, no, that's different. You know, 4-H animals don't get into your heart the way that a dog does. And like, okay, he's speaking from experience clearly. Nobody who's never had a dog is going to say, no, 4-H animals don't get in your heart and stay there like the way that a dog does. So Marianne pretty much just realizes she's not going to get very far with her husband. He's like, no, I'm sorry, my answer's still no. And she just kind of gets up like, okay, well, they're basically at a standstill here. Like, it's more to do with George and his little backstory than anything else. This is where, and we do get, like, a small handful of flashback scenes to George as a young 20-something in uh, Vietnam. He's been injured, and he keeps saying, you gotta find my dog. Where's my dog? I need my dog. So clearly, you right away know something happened to a dog that he had while he was there in the army. And that is why he does not want to open his heart to that hurt again. George wakes up <clears throat> from his war injury, kind of rubbing his leg. It's really um, it's scarred up a bit. And he goes downstairs and goes to the locked closet. And he pulls a shoebox, which has different pictures in it of him with a dog named Tucker. It says George and Tucker, 1961. And then we see a picture probably a couple years later where George, it's kind of a little blurry, but not too much, but you do see an adult sized Tucker. And this is so cute. We see a young George running through the sprinklers in the, in the lawn with puppy Tucker just t- chasing after him. It's so cute. He did give his heart once to a puppy, to a dog. Okay, that looks like the first shot we saw of puppy Tucker and young George. He was maybe about maybe eight, nine years old. Here we see Tucker is an old man dog. And George looks to be probably close to the age of when he was shipping out to go to um, to uh, Vietnam. Now we see another picture of George with his uh, Vietnam comrades, and we do see a dog that kind of looks like um, the dog from My My Dog Skip with uh, Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle. That came out, I think it was like maybe 98, 99, and that's a good movie, but um, the dog kind of looks like that dog. We do get another mention of when he was in Vietnam, he and Marianne did write to each other a lot while he was away. And he's kind of staring at her picture, and he's asking the guy in front of him, like, hey, you got a girl? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I got lots of girls, but not one that writes me every day. You're a lucky man. And he pulls out a letter that I believe his mom or dad wrote to him to say that old Tucker passed away in his sleep. The movie hasn't even really gotten going already, tearing up. All right, we get another timestamp. It's December 13th, so it's the next day. 
So the next day, uh, Marianne goes up to Todd's room. Of course, he has not cleaned his room. It's covered in so much, you know, clothes, shoes, wrapping, food wrappers, what have you, just trash papers, what have you. And she's like, oh, son, I, Todd, I told you to clean this room. Look at it. So, of course, like I said, Todd is mainly focused on the adopted dog program and he's like I've been thinking about the program a lot and it's good to help out do you think you could talk to dad and see if he might go for it so Marianne mentions about having George pick up a tree one that they a live tree so they can plant it on the property after Christmas he's like yeah I can go pick up a tree in town because he's got errands he needs to run of course Todd asks George who's still, you know, he's been firmly no about the whole adopt-a-dog thing. But Todd is very fixated on this. He asks, what do I have to do? And George is like, oh, well, I mean, you can help me pick out the tree. And Todd's like, well, no, I meant about the adopt-a-dog program. What do I have to do to make that happen? Oh, he says, what do I have to do to get the dog? And Todd is like, the radio says it's a really good idea, and George just, his eyes go straight to his wife, like, when will he drop this dog thing? We're not getting one. So, Todd kind of throws it back in his dad's face. He says, you, you always say that something worth having is worth working towards, and I want to work towards getting a dog. So George is like, look, I don't think this is a good idea, but... If I agree to it, we have to do things my way. And he tells Todd that when the dog gets there, that he's going to have to take care of it, feed it, walk it, pick up its poop, all of that stuff. And of course he says that Todd has to keep up with his chores as well. And of course the most important thing that George tells Todd is, you have to promise, you have to give me your word that on December 26th, the day after Christmas, that the dog goes back to the shelter and you have to do that without complaining so of course the last part of this deal that Todd and his dad make is you need to clean your room and when I say clean your room I don't mean stuff things in a closet and don't shove things under your bed really really clean and Todd is like adamant like yes deal and he sticks out his hand like all right and we kind of see a little bit of a montage of Todd bringing in trash bags up to his room, bring the garbage can up to his room, and then bringing those down. And bags upon bags upon bags. This kid just goes to town. But then again, I mean, he does have a childlike men mentality, but then again, it's very similar to parents that say, I can agree to you wanting a dog, but you will have to work towards that, like cleaning your... I, I've done that one time when I wanted to get a dog. I cleaned my dad's house. Well, it was my house too when I lived there. Um, when I was like 13, top to bottom, like really like deep clean, like the bathtub never looked cleaner. Of course, uh, Todd heads out of the kitchen and Marion kind of looks at her husband and she's just kind of shaking her head. I mean, yes, you know, he did agree that Todd could get the dogs and see, you know, takes responsibility, taking care of it, taking it back on the 26th of December and cleaning his room. And she just kind of looks at her husband like, I don't understand why you have to make this so hard for him. 
So Todd goes with his dad into town. They get a tree. Now they're at the hardware store, and Todd, of course, is picking a couple things up. And he goes up to, you know, it's a small town. Everybody knows everybody, and everyone's just amazing with Todd. And Todd is so excited about getting his dog. He's like, I'm getting a dog. And the older gentleman who owns a store kind of looks at George like, oh, you get, you're getting a dog. And this guy knows when George was young and knows about, you know, his dog Tucker and everything like that. So he's like, oh, you're getting a dog. Oh, I remember you and Tucker. You guys just loved each other and had so much fun and just, wow. Oh, so, um, of course, Todd's going to pay for the little tennis balls and the collar and leash with his own money. Of course, his dad reminds him, like, not yet, Todd. You still have a couple things you got to take care of. And Todd turns to um, the store clerk. He's like, yeah, I, ha I have to clean my room. And, of course, the store clerk is very nice. Like, okay, well, you know what? I will set these under the counter, and when you're ready, then you can come in and pay for them with your, your allowance. Of course, before t uh, Todd and his dad head out, um, the store clerk does have some extra paint that he's got left over that he gives for Todd so he can work on his, you know, painting projects and painting, you know, different sides of uh, the sheds and the barns and stuff like that. All right, now we get another timestamp. It's the next day. It's December 14th. So they're decorating the tree, and Todd excuses himself to go clean his room. We get the montage, and now Todd is taking his parents up to see his clean room. He has them cover their eyes because it's going to be a big surprise. I love this. He's got, like, this really long wall-length desk that kind of, or counter that runs the, uh, length of one wall and I like the Christmas lights that he's got it's just really I like it it's just so nice so Todd is just so just like can I pick up my dog now and George kind of looks at him like hey buddy what time is that clock say over there and he Todd's like oh it says like 8 30 and George's like well you know I think we need to wait until the shelter opens in the morning so Todd's like in the morning for sure then right Yes, yes. In the morning, I will take you, and you can pick out your dog. He's just so, he's beaming from ear to ear. He is so excited, and I'm excited for him. All right, it's December 15th, and Todd, George comes down in the morning, and Todd is like, he has got his coat on, he's got his hat on, he is ready to go. Of course, George wants to have a little fun, so he's like, oh, you know, I, I kind a headache you know I don't know I mean maybe we should do it another day it's like don't tease him so Marianne is like don't torture your son you know what Todd since your dad is feeling a little under the weather I will take you to get your dog and you know what you can drive and Todd is like really off the farm can I use second gear and his dad as he's pouring orange juice like you know I I feel better let's let's go get your dog I love this, the drive to the shelter. And Todd is just, just like a little kid. He's like, how much longer? And, of course, you know, George is having fun with his son. Like, you know, I five days. I mean, we got to cross the Rocky Mountains. And, and Todd's like, no, Dad, really? And George is like, ten minutes. We'll be there in ten minutes. Of course, again, George wants to quiz Todd on when do we take the dog back. 
Like, he keeps drilling that into Todd's head. And Todd is like, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Yes. Oh, they had to stop at the plumbing, the hardware store, because Todd wanted to get the the leash and the collar and and the uh, tennis balls. I remember when I went to the shelter when I was about 13 to um, pick out a dog. And because of the movie Beethoven, I was like, I want to get a St. Bernard. Maybe they'll have one at the shelter. And my grandpa take me to a couple shelters. And when we came back to the Ionia County Animal Shelter, and, and I was turning around like, oh, I don't think I'm going to find the one. And that's when I looked in the cage and I saw this beautiful black lab mix sweetest dog and it turned out she was a three-year-old um i guess she had been like a truck dog like they had found her like on the side of the road or the highway or something like that and of course you know the dogs being cooped up and stuff they're gonna have a lot of energy so of course they gave us you know a leash and also this is back in um 1996 so it was one of those things where excuse me you get the dog, but you do have to, excuse me, you have to get the dog fixed. And then you got to bring documentation saying that you did get the dog fixed. So, and I ended up naming the dog Delilah after the dog from Home uh, Homeward Bound 2. I almost said Home Alone 2. And she would have lived from the time I was 14 when I got her all the way to when I was like 20 or 21. So she lived. She lived a bit. Yeah, she would kind of split time between, you know, our house and the farm, which the farm was, like, just across the field, so. So, the lady that runs the animal shelter is kind of in charge of it is Haley, and Haley, I guess, is a old high school friend of um, George's daughter. I don't know what her name is, but I'll learn it later on uh, Todd's older sister. Hannah! Okay, we did, um... Uh, his daughter's name is Hannah, Todd's older sister. Just asking how she's doing, how's, how's Hannah doing? And he, uh, George explains to Haley that Todd is here to pick up his Christmas dog as he takes Todd's stocking cap off, which is respectable. I mean, George was also wearing a hat, you know, inside. I guess sometimes you take the hats off. Me, on the other hand, it just depends on the situation. If it's cold, I want to keep my ears warm, my head warm, the hat's going to stay on. And like I said, Haley's just another person that just is so nice to Todd and respectful and, and understanding. As she mentions, you know, I remember that one year of 4-H where you won all the blue ribbons at the county fair. So Haley takes Todd into the back to look at the dogs. And we do get a shot of somebody grooming a collie, which is so sad because collies are beautiful dogs. Um, the first dog I ever had, uh, actually, the uh, family had the dog before I was born, was um, Elvira. Her name was Elvira. She was half black lab and half collie. And she had the face of a collie, like the long nose and everything. George asks as they're walking back, like, how many people have called in? And Haley's like, well, so far you're the first. 33 dogs they got there. That's quite a bit. So Todd, of course, is just filled with questions. He likes to get information. Just, why are there so many? Where do they all come from? Which she basically says, you know, they come from different places. Sometimes people can't afford to take care of their pets. Sometimes people have a baby or an allergy. It just really depends. 
There's this really cute one um, named Porkchop that's a basset hound. Like, oh, that is such an adorable name. Okay, Porkchop is a girl, and a, she's a basset hound beagle mix. Aw, she looks mostly basset houndish. So Todd is like, oh, did she get lost? And what happened was, so Porkchop came in with the collar and tags. They contacted the owner. Unfortunately, the owner never showed up. So it's like, this is sad. Poor Porkchop. So next is a Border Collie named Sally. And it's like, oh, she's so cute. A Border Collie, you guys know Border Collies love to run. They love, they're working dogs. You know, I especially know that, you know, herding sheep, cat, what, you know, stuff like that. So, well, I've seen the movie Babes, so that's kind of where, and um, our neighbors had bred, like, collies and border collies. And Todd was like, oh, wow, she got hurt. And Haley's just kind of looking at him, at him like, oh, wow, how did he, she's like, how did you know that? And Todd's like, well, she's got a scar. Like, this, this amazing would be for him to work in an animal shelter and work with animals because we've seen how great he is with helping animals in the wild that have been hurt and, you know, helping rescue them and help them recoup and, you know, he releases them. Just So they see a couple other dogs. There is Serena, who's a small little dog, and Buddy. And the whole time that Todd and Haley are kind of looking at the dogs and she's giving him information about them, George is kind of hanging in the back. Like, he definitely doesn't like being around the dogs and stuff like that, so. There's a gorgeous collie. That's probably the one that the one lady was grooming. She's beautiful. And Todd's like, oh, she looks like Lassie. She does look like Lassie. So Todd is standing in front of a cage. So it's pretty much just checking, uh, chicken wire stretched across some two, uh, two by fours to form a cage. Um, and this yellow lab with the white mask, he's engaged 20. And of course there's no sign that says his name. And he's been there since yesterday. So Haley brings the dog out for Todd to have a closer look. And she mentions how the dogs had a little bit of training because she tells them to sit and to lay down. Todd gets on the floor with the dog, and it's just he's rubbing his face on the dog's head. It's just, oh, God, there's a connection. There is a connection he's getting with this dog. This dog just loves being loved on. Oh, look at that. He's smiling. He's smiling at Todd, and Todd is smiling back. Oh. So I'm going to play this clip here of Todd saying this one. I want this one. Todd picks the yellow lab with the white mask and he's got his collar and leash for him and he brings him out to the truck and of course they have the door open but then they put the tailgate down because you know the dog's had to ride in the back. What does the dog do? Like typical in typical dog fashion they jump right into the cab of the truck like nope I'm gonna be in here. 
This dog already is just loving on George, like licking his face, because the dog's not in between Todd and George in the cab. And the dog's like, eh, I want to hang out with you. I like you. It seems like the dog, like the people that really aren't fond of dogs, or maybe um, the ones that don't really interact with the dog, are sometimes the ones that the dog feels they have to try to win over. Of course. George has to remind Todd, now when do we take him back? And Todd's like, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Like, all right, just, I'm going to keep asking you that question. So I'm going to play this clip real quick where Todd reveals the dog's name. When do we take him back? We take him back on December 26th because that's when Christmas ends. Good. His name is Christmas, Dad. Well, that's a, that's a good name for a dog. That's a, that's a real good likes name. You. <laughs> like, okay, dog, you're gonna move. You gotta drive. And I like Christmas because his collar is red. And you all know how much I am a fan of red. So they arrive home, and Marianne's on the porch. She's like, oh, what took you so long? And George is like, well, picking out a dog takes a good amount of time. You want to do it right. And Todd brings out Christmas, which Marianne's like, oh, that's such a good name. And Todd, of course, shows off the couple of tricks that Christmas knows, which is to sit and to lie down, which he performs perfectly. That's the thing about Delilah. Delilah knew how to sit and lay down, too. So she was already, had learned that stuff. And, of course, Marianne's like, George, you see how well this dog minds? And she looks at Todd and says, Todd is definitely a good dog picker. You know, you picked a good one, buddy. Of course, George excuses himself to go off to uh, the barn and work on some stuff. As Todd and Marianne go inside and Todd tells her how there are 33 dogs at the shelter. Well, actually, not 32, because Christmas is currently with the McRae family. Inside the house, Marianne is making cookies, and we hear Todd saying, Come on, Christmas, come on! Give me the ball! I gotta have it so I can throw it to you! And she's just looking out the window and just seeing... And there really has not been any snow to say. She's just looking out the window, smiling at how happy her son is with the dog. So George is in the f in the barn. He is brushing a horse, and he sees that he's got on um on one of the beams on um, one of the nails is an old collar that says Tucker on it. Aww. And we get another flashback of a young, probably eight-year-old George with Tucker. Aww. I bet this boy actor just loved playing with his puppy. Like, hey, I get to play with a puppy. So the family's kind of hanging out in the living room. George is watching the news. And Christmas and Todd are on the floor. And he's Todd's petting him and everything. It's time for Todd to go to bed. So he's like, come on, Christmas. Time to go to bed. I'll show you my room. And when he leaves, of course, Marianne's like, oh, he really is getting attached to that dog. They're really bonding. So we get another flashback of George's when he's in the war. And this is where he first discovers the dog, the um, My Dog Skip type dog, the Jack Russell. And he names the dog Charlie. Niece and nephew were 
riding the horse. So Todd's older brother Jonathan has come with his wife and their two boys, which of course they are look definitely like twins. Those kids are same shaggy blonde hair, same height, both look identical. Alright, so the rest of the McCray siblings are there. Thomas, Jonathan, and Hannah. So I love how the family's all together eating and of course Christmas is underneath the table as the kids are feeding the dog. So of course the question of the dog comes up as Thomas, or no, Jonathan says, so dad, you finally got suckered into getting a dog on the place, huh? We've been asking you, we were asking you for a dog for years and you always told us no. So George says, it's only for a few days. The dog's going to be going back to the shelter the day after Christmas. Isn't that right, Todd? And Todd's like, yes, December 26th. And the family, the other siblings turn on him like he's going back to the shelter? What are you thinking? Uh, it's time for the family, family ganging up on old dad. Like, what, you're not keeping him? Like, that's cruel. Of course, Thomas is like, Dad, you know what'll happen to him if they, you take him back to the shelter. It's like, okay, that's enough. You don't need to bum out Todd. Because George makes that, like, like, end this conversation now. So Jonathan, of course, because uh, Christmas came out from underneath the table, because... Todd wanted more ham, and Jonathan's like, oh, here you go, buddy, eat up. It may be your last meal. It's like, okay, that's enough, guys, stop. Of course, Todd sees Jonathan feeding Christmas people food. He's like, no, you're not supposed to feed him people food. Which, really, you're not supposed to feed dogs people. I, Quinn has never had a piece of people food in her life. And they plan to keep it that way. The same thing, you know, I get a dog down the road. Like, no people food for her or him. Todd's like, oh, do you know that Christmas can do tricks? And the, the nieces and nephew, the niece and nephews are just like, yeah, wow, we want to see. So Todd takes Christmas through the typical, you know, sit, lay down. But he's taught him a new one, roll over. This is cute. As Todd's like, Christmas, sing. And then Todd starts singing jingle bells and Christmas just barks along with him. Aw. Both those twin boys have braces. The whole family gets in on the Jingle Bells song. So the McCrays are having a big uh, party for, you know, the townsfolk neighbors all come over and it's really cute. I guess Todd's taught Christmas a new trick, how to shake, because um, the store owner from the hardware store comes over and Todd tells like, yeah, this is my dog. This is Christmas. And uh, the store owner goes over and Cr Christmas shakes his hand. Oh my goodness gracious, seriously, Jonathan, will you s stop with this? They keep bringing, oh, dad says the dog's got to go back the day after Christmas. And of course the other, the neighbors and townsfolk kind of turn on George like, seriously, you're, you're giving him back? You're not going to keep him? It's like they're all kind of like ganging up on him like, seriously, you got to keep this dog. You know what will happen to him if you take him back. Dang, the, Jonathan is, like, really digging at his dad. Like, ugh, you never got us a dog, and we always ask for one, yet you you budge on this. And George just explains, like, it's part of the rules. You take the dog for the, you know, Christmas time, and then you take him back to the shelter. And George just explains that, you know, the shelter is getting people to take dogs for the holidays and how we're just trying to do our part. And, of course, Todd is 
going to start enlisting people like, oh, they got like 32 other dogs if you want to go down there and find one that works for you. Oh my god, this Jonathan is not a nice, he's kind of just like, the to the hardware store guy, because he's like, oh no, Todd, I'm too old to take a dog. And he's like, no, no, you're not too old. And then, of course, Jonathan's like, oh, let me guess, Mr. So-and-so, you'd get a bulldog? And then, of course, Todd is like, Jonathan, you should get a dog for your family. And yep, I'm going to turn it on you now, guy. So Todd's like, Mom, can you get a pen and paper? I want to make an adopt-a-dog list so we can get names and numbers and stuff and set them up with the, their dogs so none of the dogs will be in the shelter for Christmas. This is, And he just goes above and beyond. Like, no, that's not good enough. we got to get all the dogs partnered with people for the holidays. Of course... George and Hannah are washing and drying the dishes while Todd's making a list. And, of course, Todd is saying how, yeah, we can take this to Hannah, and then that way we can get more. And George, of course, is only, like, half listening. And he's like, no, Todd, we only have, we're getting, we just have the one dog. We're not getting any more. And Todd's like, no, Dad, I mean more people to get more dogs. And, of course, his mom's like, yeah, well, some people may keep their dogs. And, of course, George's like, no, we're not keeping the dogs. Like, dude, you're only half listening. They're not saying they're keeping the dog. They know that they got to take it back on the 26th. Jeez, this guy's really harping on this. Of course, George heads up to bed. And who's in the bed but Christmas? So George gets in the bed. And, of course, Christmas has got his paw, like, on... George's chest, and George's like, get out of here, get out of here, go, get down. <laughs> the dog just, dogs sense that about people, that some people either aren't dog people, or they're just not used to being around dogs, or maybe, like, in George's case, he's kind of just a little, like, putting up a wall, like, no more dogs, I gave my heart to two dogs, and my heart was broken twice, I don't want to do that. And Christmas, of course, senses this reluctance in George, like, I'm going to melt that heart of yours one way or another. All right, now it's December 17th. So, Marianne and Todd go to the shelter to give the list of names and numbers that they got from the Christmas party to give to Hannah. So, um, she's, like, overjoyed. Like, really? Are you serious? Like, yeah, you know, she wants to get the animals placed, too, with somebody, so they're just, they're not there over the holiday season. And that way, also... She did mention in the radio interview that, you know, the shelter workers do want to spend time with their families, and it's kind of hard to do that when you have the dogs there. You do need to take care of them and stuff, so. And she, Hannah is just like, or not Hannah, I'm sorry, guys, Haley, Haley, um, is, and Hannah is Todd's sister. Haley is, of course, the animal shelter worker, and she's just, thank you so much, Todd. Nobody else has even called. That's sad. And Todd's like, all right, how many people do you need left to take dogs? And Haley's like, oh, well, if everyone on this list says yes, we just need 25 more. So that's like, what, maybe like seven people that said yes? That's not bad. And Todd's like, don't worry, I will get you more people. Todd is on a mission to help place those dogs in homes for Christmas. So George is outside doing chores on the farm, and of course... Christmas comes up with that tennis ball, and George, like, chucks the ball, and Christmas zips on after it. 
it's nice he's interact. I think he's just interacting with the dog so the dog will, like, not be hanging around him. Like, here you go. I'm going to throw it as far as I can. So Todd's on the phone calling everybody that he knows, probably every single person in town that doesn't already have a dog. He's like, oh, you don't have to take a forever dog. It doesn't have to be a forever dog. It can just be a Christmas dog. And then you can take it back on the 26th. So George is in the barn working on a tractor, and of course, he had been throwing the, the ball to Christmas, like, here, yeah, and, he, and of course, now that he's working on the tractor, he's underneath the tractor, Christmas comes over to him and just lays the ball right next to his head, like, okay, I got it, throw it again. Of course, George's uh, response to Christmas is, what's the matter with you? Don't you have something better to do than bug me? Go find Todd. The jo- Christmas is so insistent. He's just looking at George with this, come on, throw it for me. I'm not going to move it until you do. I'm not going to leave you alone until you throw that ball. So he pretty much just, because, you know, he's under a tractor. It's not like he can get up. So he just, like, shoves it with his hand as far as he can and just rolls away. Christmas just turns his head, looks at it, and looks back at George like, no, 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 that's not what I wanted. I want you to interact with me. And George and Christmas come inside the house as Todd is again on the phone. He has not left that stool or that phone. He's calling everybody he's got on that. He's most likely going through that phone book and just going through everybody, ringing them up, saying, hey, do you want to adopt a dog for Christmas? It's just until the 26th. So, Todd's getting a little discouraged, you know, because the person he just got off the phone with said no. But, uh, Marianne tells George, like, Todd is amazing. He just placed five more dogs with five pe- more people. Like, this is, wow. And, of course, Todd is, like, frustrated. He's like, no, that's not good enough. We have to get all the dogs a home for Christmas. We gotta, you know, em- empty the shelter. Apparently there are 20 dogs left at the shelter that need to be placed. And George, of course, is at the sink. He's washing his hands like, all right, how many have you placed so far? 12? That's not bad. That's really, really good. And of course, Todd is like, no, that's not good enough. We have to place all the dogs. So Marianne kind of jumps in and says, George, how about instead of discouraging your son, how about you help him out? Because this is the last thing that he wants to do. So George is kind of like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, he's called everybody that we know. And it's been on the radio. And a light bulb kind of goes over Todd's head like, huh, the radio. But there is another way to get to people. The television. So he calls up the news station and tells them about how he brought in Christmas for the holiday season as part of the adopt a dog for christmas program at the shelter so it's like this is going to really help get the word out todd wanders off to you know make a phone call um you know george and marianne are like hey why don't you call up your rotary buddies and george is like well why don't you get a hold of your school directory and start placing calls there and of course um (laughs) Marianne lets it slip that their daughter Hannah has brought has taken the poodle, whose name is Serena. And of course George is like, well, she can't have dogs in her apartment. What is she doing? And apparently uh, she bribed Hannah bribed the manager, so it worked out for her. <laughs> All right, we get another timestamp. It's December eighteenth. All right.
The van pulls into the driveway, KVZA Channel 8. Brianna Lewis is from Channel 8. Of course, she's got this really nice lavender wool coat. She's got leather glo- black leather gloves, a black scarf, and her hair is cut short, and she's got, like, a long, like, bang, like, hanging down in her face. And she's very, she looks, you know, well well put together as far as, you know, some news people. It looks like someone who really cares about their appearance. And Todd introduces himself as Todd McRae from Crossing Trails. And he's like, oh, do you want to shake Christmas's hand? And the lady at first is a little like, ah, and she's like, just go with that. Just shake his, Christmas's hand, lady. Come on now. Get your public figure, but come on. I love how she talks to him like, oh, hi, Christmas, as she shakes his paw. She, of course, took her glove off, which is good. I've heard so much about you, Christmas. Of course, Brianna Lewis introduces herself to George Marianne, just saying I'm from Channel 8. Your son was very persuasive. I talked to my manager. He thought it was a great idea to come and interview Todd and the farm and and just for the Adopt-A-Dog for Christmas program. And, of course, you know that George and Marianne had no idea. They're like, what? So Todd takes uh, Brianna up to the house for the interview. I love it that um, the family's now watching the interview. We get shots of Todd outside playing with Christmas. Really, really beautiful with the sun setting and then just a nice glow. And you could tell it was like a chilly day. There's not much snow, but you could tell just by Brianna's reaction, just putting her gloves on, just that there was a bite to the air. Love how um, Hannah's there and she's got Serena, the poodle mix. Well, it looks more kind of like a terrier, but still. We do see someone taking what looks like a cross between a Siberian Husky and a, is it a Samoid or Samoyed? Um, a, a couple, a child and a parent taking the white Sam, uh, Samoid Siberian Husky home. So during the interview, Brianna asked Todd to tell, you know, the viewers about the Adopt-A-Dog program. And he does clarify, like, it's not really adopting. I mean, you can if you want to, but it's just a way to help the dogs not be alone on Christmas, which is a great, great thing. I love this. And she she asks, you know, the question, why is it so important to adopt a dog for Christmas? And Todd's answer is, well, why wouldn't you? The dogs don't have mom or moms or dads to take care of them and everybody needs somebody to love them i love that i love that it's so great oh and they even gave him a um channel eight news cap that's so cool yes everybody needs somebody to love especially at christmas time well said todd and Brianna says, yeah, lucky dogs. And Todd's like, no, lucky people. Like, yes. So we get another flashback as George steps outside for a minute. Um, we get another war flashback as George is writing to Marianne. And, of course, you see the dog Charlie there just kind of keeping in company. They got, like, a little shanty kind of set up with um a couple poles and um a tarp just kind of because it is raining out and it's amazing you know for george her letters kind of give him comfort especially for what's going on where he is 
and it gives him hope that one day they'll be able to be together and everything like that that he'll be able to return home to her and that his he called it up it's charlie but it's good charlie i think because that charlie name was like a code or something i don't know um but that the dog is kind of a nice comfort a constant presence in george's life so Marianne comes out on the porch where George is and kind of says, you know, Todd is really, he loves that dog. He's just really attached and he really likes him. And she's like, well, do you like him, George? Do you like the dog? And George is like, yeah, the dog's all right. And I think in a way that she knows, like, yeah, this is definitely going to be hard for Todd when it comes time to take Christmas back to the shelter. All right. He also mentions that, you know, the letters that they wrote back and forth really meant a lot to him. We get another timestamp. It's December 21st, and looks like it is getting pretty cold because they're having to break uh, some ice on the water trough. And I remember when my sister had a horse, and in the wintertime, you know, we had to do that, break that thick ice that had frozen that water over so the horse could drink. So Hannah comes out to tell the Todd the, and the McRae family the great news. Todd did it. He helped clear out the shelter. Everybody watched that interview and everyone all of a sudden can foster dogs. Yeah. Sometimes it takes, it takes a little nudge and a little nudge from somebody. So we see a little dachshund pop up in the window and uh, Hannah... Why do I keep calling her Hannah? Haley, Haley, Haley. What writers? Uh, we got a different name. So yeah, Haley's vehicle. The little dachshund pops up in the window of the passenger vehicle, and Todd's like, "Oh, is that your dog?" And uh, Haley is like, "No, no. Actually, it's uh, someone just dropped her off when we closed, and so uh, my mom's in a nursing home, so I am going to have a companion on the way on the road trip to Wichita. And, of course, uh, George is like, oh, yeah, that way you won't be bored. And she's like, oh, you'll, yeah, you got that right, because she's about to have puppies, this dachshund. And immediately Todd and Marianne look right at George. And he's like, uh, n no, we, we have this one here. No more, no more. And, of course, he's outvoted. Like, sorry, we're taking her. Because the dog is pregnant. and It's understandable Marianne and, and Todd would like to help this dog out. Like, on the, what if she gave birth while Haley was on the road? That would not bode well. Todd's like, I've helped with birthing animals. You know, probably calves and probably horse, you know, foals and stuff like that. And Haley's like, oh, no, no. I mean, you guys, seriously, you, you've done so much already. And Todd is like, yeah, but she can't have puppies in a car. Well, yeah, she really shouldn't. That probably wouldn't be good. Finally, I mean, George is like, he's pretty much outvoted two to one. So it's like, I guess you don't really have an argument. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. That's fine, I guess. <laughs> so the family's in the house, and Marianne is setting up a little... Um, box for Ruthie to have her puppies in. George comes in and asks if there's anything that he can do. Turns out that uh, Marianne was the, the one who came up with the name Ruthie. And George is like, Ruthie? What kind of name is that? 
So he's like, oh, well, I'll go back out to the barn. He opens the door, and right away, Ruthie is out the door and down those steps in a heartbeat. And Todd and Marianne are like, no, no, no. And Marianne on the way out the door is like, George. So Ruthie wants to have her puppies in the barn, which is understandable. I mean, even though you could set up a whelping box for the dog, at the end of the day, they're probably going to find a safe private space to have their and and the same thing goes with cats too I believe they probably want to have a nice private quiet spot that is not around a lot of noise and of course you know on the barn it's really cold out there and George is like look you make her a little bed or something I will make sure that she has the heat that she needs so she can have her puppies all right we get another time stamp and it is officially december 25th christmas day we cut to the stairs we see christmas headed down then todd and then george mary ann all right so the family's opening gifts with george mary ann todd and hannah and todd got some really cool converse and they're red oh, I, would lo- I would wear a pair of converse sneakers if they were red Todd got a radio, just a small, like, AM, FM radio, and George got a new red toolbox. Christmas got to eat a Christmas cookie. (laughs) Todd got a new paintbrush. Sweet. That's great. I love how Christmas is starting to pull on one of the ornaments. (laughs) The dog may be an old dog, but it still knows how to get up to mischief. George got some jumper cables. I think Todd got a scarf, but he, uh, oh, that's so cute. Mary Ann's putting the scarf on Christmas, and it's really cool. It's a multicolored scarf. Hannah got some perfume. Mary Ann got a nice red shirt. Todd gave Hannah that really cool, like, smooth stone that he found in the woods. The family's playing cards, and you see, like, the back of one of the cards has a collie on it. I'm like, oh. Oh, Mary Ann, Hannah, and Todd are playing cards while, of course, uh, George is sleeping on the couch. They got some chocolate and a little fun dew pot. Is that, what is that? Is that like pineapple? Yeah, I think it is pineapple. I've never been a big fan of pineapple. I mean, it's okay, but. So, Mary Ann grabs a bag of the gifts that Hannah received and she looks like she's ready to go she's got her dog Serena I bet the address just loves that dog I love how she's just cuddling it like a baby in like the crook of her arm and Todd is like what present was your favorite and Hannah's like well the stone of course that you gave me oh they do have marshmallows sweet oh and I think little rice krispie treat things and that or maybe those might be bananas I'm not sure This makes me want to get a fondue pot and mix, like, some chocolate in there with some marshmallows and, like, little mini Rice Krispie treats or something. I bet a fondue pot wouldn't cost that. I'm gonna look. I don't think it'd be too much. I don't think it'd be too much at all. Hey, Jeremy. Should I get a fondue pot? Really? Like for chocolate, like a small one. Oh, there's a red one. Oh, that's not bad. That one's like $34. And you can put like chocolate in it. Oh, there's a chocolate fountain. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. (laughs) 
So Todd's in the barn. He's giving Ruthie some water. She's got a little bit of food there too, which is good. Of course, you want to make sure that they're hydrated. They're getting enough that they need to eat. In preparing for, you know, her having the puppies. And Todd got her a little Christmas present. He got her a little bone. And I love how Christmas is like right next to Todd. Of course, Todd leaves and forgets to lock the slide the bolt on the door of the barn, which is going to come back in just a hot second. And Christmas, Christmas is, you know, stops right outside the door and he's looking at it. And then he's like, kind of like, Todd, you forgot to lock the door. Because the door is hanging ajar. So later that evening, Marianne and George are in bed. And she does, of course, ask the obvious question, which is weighing on her mind. is like, what are you going to do about Christmas? And of course, George is like, Christmas was today. And she's like, no, you know what I'm talking about. And George is like, yeah, I know it would be easy just to let him keep the dog. But, you know, Todd and I made a deal. And I really don't want to go back on that. If we're soft with him, he's going to expect the world to be soft. It's all about, you know, teaching Todd how to be independent. And, you know, teaching him about, you know, loss and stuff like that. And she's like, he's going to have a lifetime of you know loss and stuff in the, in the future and stuff like why just it would be easier to let him keep the dog but I mean I don't know where I stand on this as far as I get that George is trying to teach Todd a, a lesson here but still this all just stems from the fact that George lost his dog in the war so he really doesn't like the idea of getting attached to another animal and giving his heart away. So we have another flashback to the war and the Charlie dog is barking at George and George is kind of looking at him like what's going on? This isn't, you normally don't act like this. And the dog just keeps barking and then a, um, a like he stepped on a mine or something kind of results in the injury of his leg which we see even you know 30 plus years later he's still having difficulty with and sadly that going off also took the life of the charlie dog now we cut back to the scene we saw earlier where george is asking he's being uh fixed up he's being helped and he keeps asking where's my dog where's my dog i need my dog and he even makes where he's trying to get up off that um that stretcher, like, I gotta find my dog. And the guy's like, no, you need to lay down. So George wakes up from um, this night terror, this flashback that he's been having constantly throughout the movie. It's usually the same thing. With him with uh, the Charlie dog in the uh, Vietnam flashback. Um, he wakes up to the sound of barking, and he immediately gets out of bed like something's wrong. Christmas just wouldn't bark constantly without there being something wrong. Of course, Christmas has also woken up Todd as George is trying to get dressed to go out there to find out what the commotion's about. And Todd's like, what's wrong with Christmas? Why is he barking? And Christmas is so worked up that he is literally jumping up to see out that window of the, in the door. You also hear the horse's name, like, okay, something is seriously going on. Of course, George is coming down the stairs, and Todd's like, what's wrong, Christmas? And George is like, well, don't let him out. And, of course, the first thing Todd do does is like, let's find out what's out there, Christmas. 
out goes Christmas right out the door and Todd is right after him. So Christmas hightails it to the barn. George has got his shotgun. Marianne's like, what is it? What's wrong? And he's like, I don't know, but you need to call the sheriff. Like, clearly, he thinks there's probably a predator or something in that barn. Because the horses, the other animals in the barn are getting really worked up. Now, there's a lot of commotion. Remember how I mentioned that, uh, that mountain lion slash cougar from the beginning of the film was going to make a comeback? It did. It was in the barn, and Christmas and the mountain lion got into a little tussle. George, of course, shoots the rifle in the air to kind of distract the cougar to get it to run off, which it does. And George, of course, is screaming. I'm like, get out of here, get out of here. And the cougar jumps through the broken window, and Christmas, of course, goes right after him. So, of course, the question that's on Marianne's mind is, like, George, what about Ruthie? And he's like, oh, no. Like, yeah, Ruthie was going to have her puppy soon. And he's just, oh, no, what happened if the mountain lion got to her? Because she's so small. If she had the baby, she's going to be maybe a little weak. And the puppies are going to be virtual. They are going to be helpless. And you can see, I mean, this is a lot of emotion for... He just encountered a mountain lion in his barn threatening Christmas. Could have attacked Todd. Could have attacked George. Emotions are really running high. And, of course, you know, they didn't know what they were going to see when they approached Rufy's little um, whelping box. So, Marianne said, Todd, you need to stay here, okay? Do you understand? Stay right here. So, she and George go to check out Ruthie's whelping box. Relief just washes over them as Ruthie has had her puppies. So, George tells Marianne, Take Ruthie and her puppies, take them up to the house. That way they can get warm and everything like that. And Todd, of course, on his mind, he's like, what about Christmas? And George's like, let's just worry about Ruthie right now, and then we'll figure out what to do with Christmas and how to find him. Marianne moves Ruthie and the puppies into the house. Todd, of course, is really upset. He's like, I want to go look for Christmas. George says, no, you need to stay here with your mother and help her with Ruthie and the puppies. I will look for Christmas. You need to stay here and be safe. George goes out in his truck to find Christmas. Of course, it's dark out, so you're probably not really going to find, you know, if the dog's in the woods, you're not, and George with his leg and everything the way it is, is going to, you're not going to be able to get much ground with, you know, an injured leg and in the dark and everything but he does come back it's morning Mary Ann and Todd are at the table like where's Christmas you find him so they did let the sheriff know that there was a cougar and Mary Ann tells George that someone else had also spotted the cougar so now they have a cougar running around so hopefully someone will get the cougar and Take it to a sanctuary, have it released somewhere. And George, of course, is going to get a little bit of sleep. He'll go out and look for Christmas again. Of course, who's barking at the door? It's Christmas! He's there! He made it home! Todd is just so happy, like, Christmas is back. And and the look that George gives, like, Christmas, like, oh, that dog is a fighter. He is a survivor. He came back, like, oh, that dog. Him and he took on a cougar. And lived to tell the tale. So Christmas does have a couple cuts on him, nothing big, but Todd goes and gets some iodine to help clean him up, and Christmas right away goes right over to George and just puts his 
head on George's leg. Like, oh. So, of course, it's the day after Christmas. And it's like, oh, he's got to give the dog back. I mean, yes, it's, you know, part of the program. It's part of the rules and everything like that. But the dog just saved your son from a cougar. And... Of course, from, you know, harming Ruthie and her puppies. But it's like, you know, that's the rule. Christmas has got to go back on the 26th of December. And at first you probably, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, you think, okay, no, he's going to let Todd keep him, especially after this. Oh, Marianne is not having it. She is like, George, seriously, I mean, whatever you think you're trying to do to instill in our son, it's like, After all of this, after that whole thing that went down last night between Christmas and the cougar and the barn and everything, and you still are just, you're not going to give in and just say, no, we can keep, we're going to keep Christmas. It's like, no, that's how the program works. Take the dog back right on uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Because Marianne just like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you. Cue the Sarah McLaughlin song. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Just this is where I welled up when I first watched the movie. When they're taking the dog back. Christmas must know. He knows where the the truck is headed. He's going back to the shelter. And he's being such a trooper about it, this dog. Todd, you know, they pull into the animal shelter driveway. Todd gets out of the truck, looks at Christmas and <laughs> Christmas doesn't want to go. He's just looking back at him. and Oh, this breaks my heart. <laughs> Christmas just turns and puts his head on George's arm like, you know you want to keep me. I know one day you'll learn to love me. Oh, Todd is taking him. And Christmas turns around and looks at George. <laughs> gotta know that this has gotta be really tugging on George's heartstrings. I know he won't admit it. But it's like, guy, you gotta let this dog in and let him love you. He wants to love you. So quickly, he takes that red collar off and now it's like, oh, put on that choker chain and take you in there. Like, oh. And Todd is being so good about this. You know, he's not crying. He, you know, pats Christmas on the head and says, you're a good dog. So they get home and Marianne and George are in the kitchen. She's kind of not so much giving him the silent treatment as she is giving him the cold shoulder. And he's like, oh, what's Todd up to? She's like, well, he's outside painting. This guy has the nerve to ask for fresh coffee. Like, oh, is this coffee fresh? I'd be like, not for you, it's not. So the phone rings, and it's Haley from the shelter. Turns out that she would like to offer Todd a position. You know, it doesn't pay a whole lot, but he's just so good with the animals, and he would make such a great addition and such a great help at the shelter. Diane stops what she's doing, and she goes over the phone as George is listening. Um, Another thing before Haley... Ends the call is a family saw Christmas on television and they want to adopt him. And of course, Haley's like, should I let them adopt them? Should I let him go? And you would think George's like, no, no, we'll take him. 
And he's like, no, yeah, that that's fine. Yep, they should take him. And immediately, Marianne just is like, back to giving you the cold shoulder again. He gets off the phone, and he turns around to Marianne and says, you know, I was right. And she turns and just gives him the hardest look, like, what were you right about? And he's like, taking the dog back. And I guess this is all about teaching Todd to be an adult and how it paid off. And she's like, yeah, that's just like you to do something. Like, it's always got to be about you, basically. And she tells it to him straight. Like, our son was not offered this job because of anything that you did. She wants to make that point very clear. And she tells him, like, it's he got that job because of what he did. And this taking the dog back is not some grand gesture of a defining character trait. It's like, what you're trying to mold Todd into, I mean, that's not him. Like, George is so wanting Todd to learn how to do things on his own and be independent and, and, and this and that. And it's almost, I don't know. And she just ends the conversation by saying, you're a fool for not keeping that dog. <coughs> so we have uh, the man from the hardware store. I really wish I could remember his name. Um, he's helping out George. And George is just kind of regaling the conversation that he and Marianne had. And saying, like, look, with the job at the shelter, Todd is going to be around dogs all day long. It's going to be no different. Oh, they're both working on a um, Hilo. Okay, so George is kind of helping him out. All right. So uh, the shop owner guy is just saying, look, it sounds more like you're trying to convince yourself that what you did was a good thing by having Todd take the dog back. And Todd having this dog or not having this dog is not going to make a bit of difference. And yeah, he hits the nail right on the head as he tells George, like, getting this dog would be good for you. And, of course, George is like, like, this has nothing to do with me. And the shopkeeper just says, look, it sounds like it's got everything to do with you and nothing to do with Todd. He said, the reason you gave that dog back is because you don't want to let your heart open again to love another dog. Like, you were hurt and you just put a wall up. And Christmas had been nothing but kind to George. Always, like, wanting to be around him, putting his head on his knee, and, you know, bringing the little tennis ball and stuff. Of course, the shopkeeper is like, you forget who you're talking to. I remember you when you were a boy running it around with that dog ears, Tucker. Like, you loved that dog. You and that dog would just play for hours and hours and just... And he's saying how George had changed when he came back from the war, how he kept things kind of bottled up and put a wall up. And he's like, I just, I think there's nothing wrong with letting a dog back into your life. So George pulls up and Todd is busy, you know, painting and everything. And Marianne's there and George's like, well, did you tell him? And she's like, no, you're, I figured you were going to do that. So he does let Todd know that he has a job starting Monday, working at the shelter and... Todd is just grinning from ear to ear in excitement, and George is like, you know, Haley thought you did such a great job with the uh, the Christmas dog for Christmas, you know, shelter program that they were running that she wanted to offer you a position. So George lets it be known that since Todd has got a job now, he's going to be a little lonely on the farm. So you know, I I think that um, maybe having a dog around here wouldn't be so bad. And I love Todd. 
Todd is like, Christmas would be the perfect dog for you. And it's like, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. So, and George even lets Todd drive. Like, yeah, you may as well drive because, you know, I mean, I can't be running you to and fro from your job and everything. So that because Todd's got his learner's permit. So when he eventually does get his license, he will be able to drive to and from work on his own. And Marianne is happy to see her husband happy and finally, you know, letting a dog into his life. So Todd and George arrive at the animal shelter only to have Haley break the news that unfortunately there was a weak spot in the dog run and Christmas found it and he got out and he has not been back. Even George is like, he's gone? So George is like, well, how long ago was did this happen? And Haley's like, well, it's been hours and my other person has been looking for him since then and he could be anywhere at this point. So George and Todd decided just, you know, head home. Haley says, if Christmas turns up, I will be the first to call you. Of course, they get back home. It's dark. Todd goes in the house with Marianne. George heads out to the barn. And this is kind of breaking him up a little bit. You know, I think he apartment was definitely looking forward to adding Christmas to the family in a way that Christmas could be, you know, his dog and the family dog. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this little red ball just rolls towards George's foot. And George looks up. And it's Christmas! He's there! (laughs) Oh, he came back! I love how Todd just, excuse me, George just gets down on his knees and just, you know, rubs Christmas behind the ears and gives him a hug. Like, hey, buddy, you found me. Where did you come from? (laughs) So George and Christmas head out of the barn and George takes the ball and just chucks it and Christmas goes after it. I'm going to play this clip as George has got a little surprise for Todd and Marianne. Todd! Todd! Marianne! Get out here now! What is it? I just thought of a way to get Christmas to come back. How? Well, it's it's easy. Oh, I, I just throw a ball, and he'll fetch it. What? What ball? That ball. So George calls Todd Marianne out on the porch and he's like, hey, I think I know a way to get Christmas to come back with this ball. And they're kind of looking at him like, what do you mean? What ball? And they look and Christmas has got the ball in his mouth. It's like, oh my gosh, Christmas! <laughs> like, where did you go? Where did you come from? And I love George's line to Marianne. He says, Christmas came home. And I'm like, oh my god, my heart. It's so beautiful. And that's how the movie ends. It's just so amazingly beautiful. You know, the the song by um by Bruce Greenwood. 
called My Best Friend. And it's, it's sweet. He's got a beautiful voice. All right, let's read a review here. This one is for, from December 1st, 2009. 8 out of 10. I liked the relationships in this movie. This was a typical Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Warm, fuzzy, slice of life Americana. And I think everyone pretty much knew how it was going to end. Nothing wrong with that. However, we all need a certain amount of that to keep our spirits up. I liked that it wasn't too formulaic. You know, the crusty, closed-down father who really loves his son but can't show it, etc. This wasn't the case here. Bruce Greenwood's character kept a few things close to his best. Vietnam, the loss of his dogs, but he was certainly not closed down and was capable of giving and showing affection. Clearly, he had a stable, loving family. I loved his relationship with his son, the way he would tease him and the son's mock indignant responses, which both knew were all part of the game. And the matter-of-fact way he and his wife raised him, firm but loving, realizing he had special needs but not wanting to coddle him too much, a little overprotective at times perhaps, but who wouldn't be. The scene where they get out of the car to walk to the shelter and Todd holds his father's hand, I remember that, yeah, not out of physical need, but out of love, was one of those little moving touches throughout the movie. Yeah, I remember that. That was really sweet. I also like the fact that Todd was completely accepted, not only by his family, even his young nieces and nephews, but also by his rural community. Everyone treated him with respect and affection without forgetting that he was developmentally challenged. There was no doubt that he was the way he was because of his loving home life, yet he wasn't cloying because he wasn't perfect, hated to clean his room, for example. And Noel Fisher deserves a lot of credit for his performance. I'd seen him in Law & Order Special Victims Unit, where he played a really creepy psychopath, and I barely recognized him as the same actor. Yeah, like, I mean, having seen him in this ten years ago, and then later on watching him in the show Shameless, it's like, they are completely 100% different characters. <laughs> He was able to capture the sweetness and simplicity of Todd without being condescending or going over the top. The wonderment in his eyes, the way his mouth hesitated sometimes before speaking as he tried to process what was going on. Even the way he moved, like a child in a man's body. I loved the fact that he was so uninhibited about showing happiness and affection. I wonder if the actor knew or studied each piece such people in real life because he seemed to understand so many subtle aspects of how they behave but all done very respectively and realistically i tend to be wary of sentimental made for tv movies in general but i have to say i was pleased with this one predictable though it was yes this is a movie that touched my heart when i first read it or um when i read the book and then again, when I watched the movie, and then, of course, I continued with the other two books that later came along that kind of finished up the Crossing Tales, Crossing Trails um, story of, you know, Todd and Marianne and George. Um, maybe next Christmas I might do um, uh, Christmas with Tucker. Maybe I'll do that next Christmas. But this movie, guys, you know I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I just, I let my feelings be known. If I'm emotional, if something makes me sad, you guys are going to hear about it. You're definitely going to hear about it as a tear streamed down my face and my throat gets choked up. Just lump in the th throat award I would give this movie.
But I really liked covering this for you. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I had gotten the DVD. I don't know if this is available on the Hallmark Channel. Yes, it is on Amazon. And guys, it's only eight twenty four or ten oh seven, just depending on what one you what copy you want. They do have a dog named Christmas, coupled with Christmas with Tucker, a special two in one holiday edition for eight ninety six on Amazon. There's a hardcover of A Dog Named Christmas for $16.72. Christmas with Tucker sold separately for $15.99 hardcover. Do they have a paperback edition? They do not. Okay. Um, they also have Noel, which is the third book in the trilogy, which is $11.17. They have A Christmas Home, which is the third book. Actually, Christmas with Tucker is the prequel that talks about George's childhood, George McRae. So definitely check the books. They're amazing and beautiful. And I did kind of spoil at the beginning. So that way, if you guys didn't want to hear, just fast forward. You know, skip ahead like 10, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, what have you. While I explain the um, little bit of a plot to the books and give you a little spoiler alert of how the series ends. So that being said, guys, I hope you have a wonderful December. There are still other things on the horizon for... December, I am going to hopefully get to Stepmom. I want to get to The Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, The Christmas They Never Forgot. Also, the stop-motion Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, a new updated version for that. And if there is time, I wouldn't mind doing the pilot episode to The Simpsons, which is Simpsons roasting over an open fire the Christmas episode um, and if there's even extra time I will see about getting to the Different Strokes season 5 Christmas episode so that being said there's still coming your way um, also the Tis the Season Full House Fuller House series that is currently going on Fuller House season 2 episode 12 entitled Nutcrackers will be up Next week, along with Fuller House Season 4, Oh My Santa, will also be up. So, plenty of stuff to get you through your holidays, whether you're making Christmas cookies or whether you're putting up the tree. Most of you guys, <laughs> you would have your tree up. There's like 10 days left until Christmas. So, or even if you're wrapping gifts, which I still got to do this coming weekend, which I'm going to be running out of time if I don't eventually get started right. <laughs> So, yeah. All right, guys. Have a wonderful, joyous, joyous holiday season. And I will be back with more Christmas TV episodes and holiday movies. Bye-bye.